and it's Amanda, and we're Basically Basic. In a world of aesthetically pleasing coffee shops, Instagram models, and the feeling to always look the part, in today's episode, we're breaking down the definition of perfect and what it means to us. Can we really obtain perfection? And maybe the better question is, do we even want to? Hey friends, welcome to episode two of Basically Basic. That means that we've actually put out an episode. Yeah, which is so exciting slash scary slash... Yeah, we did it. So exciting. We did it. And you know what? I was telling Amanda, I feel like after you put something out creative... That's when the enemy loves to come in and be like, um, why did you do that? That was really foolish of you or you just stepped out way too big. But I feel like that we didn't have that. I felt so encouraged by you guys listening. Even if you were just being kind, we appreciate it. <laughs> Even if you really were just sending us a word of encouragement to be nice, thank you so much. Even if you were like, hey, these girls are really bad, but they need <laughs> someone to tell them that they don't suck. We appreciate that because the world needs more it. kindness. That's right. So exactly. thanks for listening, friends. And so like we kind of gave you a little preview to in today's episode, we are going to talk about one of my least favorite slash favorite words, which is perfect or perfectionism. Yeah. Let's be real. If you are a human, at some point in your life, you've probably struggled with wanting to be perfect or maybe even just looking at someone else and thinking that they're perfect. Right. Even though we all know deep down nobody's Nobody perfect. Nobody is. Yeah. But just that struggle to want to live up to this ideal image. I think... Even us being able and willing to do this podcast was a struggle and a fight because both of us struggle with perfectionism and wanting to put out something that's at the highest level or feeling like we're experts before we put something out there. So I think even us doing this is kind of breaking that mold off of ourselves. Right. Of like, you know what? Hey, we don't have to be perfect at everything before we try it. But it's hard and I think it's a constant fight. And so we're kind of going to break that down tonight. And the funny thing about that, you guys, is we were laughing Today, we both have had, like, struggle bus days. Neither one of us have had, I would say, even, like, perfect weeks or perfect days. We're coming off of a holiday weekend, and we were talking about how when you only have, like, a shorter week, it almost feels like people go way harder than they would in a normal five-day week. Like, life doesn't slow down. Life doesn't slow down. You just have less time to do what you need to do. Everyone's just trying to, like, compress what you would normally do into into four days instead of five. So we're kind of, like, we're nearing the end of the week, and which is why we normally would share our Starbucks order with you guys. But we're going to be honest. We aren't drinking Starbucks because it's 6 o'clock at night. There's a little bit of rain outside the window. A pumpkin candle is on. Yes. And so what did we do, Cam? We have two glasses of Pinot Noir. We poured that red wine. We did. <laughs> we had a bottle of red wine in my house, and I said we could get coffee or we could just have a glass of wine. So here we are. If you are not driving <laughs> and not pregnant, or maybe if you want to drink when you're pregnant, I don't know, that's up to you, but we don't if you – Want to pour yourself a glass of wine and join us. Come to the table. Let's have a girls' night. We're going to talk about perfectionism, and it's going to be good. Yeah. So, again, kind of before we even start, like, we want to set the table and the stage of the fact that we don't have this figured out. And I think the coolest part about this podcast is we constantly are going to be speaking into things and even inviting people to speak into things that we don't have all the answers to. But I think there's this movement happening that I see happening in social media, totally. Um, really in culture of people kind of just owning where they're at yeah. and owning their struggles. And I really have seen it, like, especially over the past year. I feel like people yeah. are just, like, finding the, the beauty that is vulnerability and the bravery. I've read this book recently called Braving the Wilderness by Brene Brown. Please, everyone read it. It just kind of changed my life. But as someone who's performance-driven, 
perfectionism, like it goes against everything in my nature to want to be vulnerable and to want to invite people into my mess. And everything in my being tells me to put on a mask and to have everything seem perfect. Mm -hmm. So to even just, you know, share where we're at, like, to be honest this morning, like I was a complete B to my husband. <laughs> like, I'm PMSing. I was rude. He was being so helpful and sweet. And I was like, don't talk to me. It was like 8 in the morning. And I just, like, didn't want to deal. You haven't had the best day. I, yeah. No. We – so this is, like, a story for another day. But we recently had to move out of our house. And I, we've been kind of just in the process of moving. And then um, my little girl started her first day of school, which that was yeah. really sweet. But also just a transition. So that was a lot – Physically and emotionally, just getting ready for that. And then I am also PMSing. Yeah. So when one sister does, another one yeah. does as well, apparently. We were talking earlier. We were like, is it weird to talk about our periods? And I was saying, I was like, here's the thing. Like, if there is a dude listening to a podcast <laughs> called Basically Basic, I will not apologize for talking about my period. Honestly, you had to know this was coming. Yeah. This Here we are. So, oh, also, Amanda, let's tell them about your eye. You guys, I, okay, maybe someone after you listen to this episode, if you want to like send me a DM, let me know some like solutions to this problem. probably like some young living remedy to this. No, literally. Yes. Shout out to my oil girlies. (laughs) Oil sisters. (laughs) So I have like this twitch in my left eye and it's been going on for a good solid six days. You've been talking about this Yeah, this happened like a week ago. Yes. So. I'm going on like one full week of this nonstop twitch in my eye and it could have been like the move, like a little bit of stress, just like a lot happening at once. Um, And yeah, I don't know. Cammie thought it was maybe from lack of... I feel like Steven's probably going to hear this and completely make fun of me and be like, where did you get that? Why are you telling these people But I think that it's from lack of potassium. So when Dr. Cammie told me this, I ate two bananas today and it's still twitching. Watched like nothing happened. Anyways, all of that to say, guys, we are both struggling today. So we're just going to dive right into the fact that in this moment, we are not perfect. We don't want to be perfect, except if that means being perfect in Christ. And we're kind of going to just process that. Yeah, Let's just together. be real. So when we were kind of talking about this, we kind of broke it down to two different areas where we struggle with perfectionism. One of them is I can't, it's kind of like the person who says I can't start until I'm perfect at it, which, holla, that's me. And (laughs) then the second one is once you feel like you're great at something, you kind of tell yourself that you have to maintain that or you're going to fail at it. And then it becomes your identity. Right. You're like, well, I have to keep this up because this is who I am. I'm already excellent at it and I can't fail now. I feel like I fall into both, but I think the second one is definitely more of my struggle. Which is funny, because I feel like the first is more mine, for yeah. sure. So we can just head on both I points. I love that. Perfect. Okay, so the first thing, I have a really funny story, but it's that I can't start until I'm perfect at it. So think about this kind of in just any area of your life. And when I was kind of thinking about it, just thinking, okay, well, what's like a really tangible, like prime example of something that I haven't started at until I'm perfect? And it made me think of this story. That I recently told my friend, she's a great, she's an excellent cook. She's like the person who you, like you go to her house and she can whip something up out of her refrigerator, just like make the best thing all the time. Well, I was, we're like having wine one day and having like wine and cheese. And I tell her, I just love like what a great cook you are. And I just feel like I would also be this good of a cook if I had my dream kitchen. (laughs) 
And that sounds so bratty. I but know. let's be real. You were so serious. But Oh, I was dead serious. Like, there's not even a part of me that is going to fall. Please explain your logic. <laughs> I would love to process this with you. So I'm a visual. I'm a creative. I shot weddings for eight years. I'm, like, definitely a visual person. And I have this dream kitchen in my mind of white marble countertops, butcher block on my island. Um, I want copper pots and pans. I want, mm. like, my lights to be a certain... Um, just shade so that the everything in the room feels good. I have so the many copper pans are glistening when you're cooking your <laughs> exactly, sa- satay. Yes. Is that I don't know what I would I be know. cooking. It know. would just be that good. I know. So I was telling her this. I was like, "Here's the thing. Like, I I don't have my dream kitchen, so I just feel like I'm not cooking these gourmet meals." And she was like, "Is this a joke? <laughs> are you kidding?" And just completely called me out on it. And I was like, "I know. It sounds like the brattiest thing, but I'm dead serious." And so that even though that's a really silly analogy it just made me think of oh my gosh there's so many areas of my life where I do this yeah and I tell myself I would be good at this if I would be perfect at this if and there really is nothing waiting on the other side like I could be a good cook today if I just put my mind to it and like read a cookbook well and it's kind of that lie of like okay well I'm not I'm not gonna be that or I will yeah I will be that when right but then you just never start yes exactly never you never progress in that area. No. I feel like it's kind of like working out. Like it's like you, you're like, well, I, like, I always used to think this, like I want to wear cute workout clothes, but you want to feel good in cute workout clothes. Yes. So it's like, well, I don't want to wear that workout clothes because I don't feel good about my body. But then it's like, that doesn't make any sense because the only way you're going to feel good about your body is, is if, if you, you work, work out. out. Yeah, so, exactly. But I feel like that's so the enemy. Like he's such a little trickster because he puts these like things in our ahead of us and he's like, ooh, like you need to do that. You need to obtain that. Like, kind of this ideal image of, like, you need to be a good cook. Right. But you need to do it in this perfect kitchen. In this perfect kitchen, yes. But then, when you can't live up to it, because you never try. No. He, like, slaps you with shame and is like, look at you. Like, you're never going to do it. You're never going to do this. You said this two years ago and you still haven't done it. Right. You know what I mean? Yes, exactly. And so, I like that we both have these examples of where we've struggled with, I can't start until I'm perfect at it. But that's just, like, that's something, like, silly. But we just wanted to kind of paint that picture of how we both in areas that's happened to us like in real life and and I'm kind of honestly I'm a little bit guilty of doing this in a lot of areas of my life so for instance when I um was shooting weddings I would you know go to my desk at home to edit them and I was the same way with my desk like if my desk wasn't perfectly put together and I didn't have a candle burning I didn't have like the entire room set up how I wanted I just like wouldn't do the work and that's so silly and I've gotten a lot better at that over the years but it's just so funny how we place these expectations over ourselves because nobody has dreamed up my dream kitchen except for me. Right. No one's expecting that of you. No one's expecting me to have my dream kitchen. And also... I mean, now I kind of want you to have it so I can reap the benefits, but I mean, I'm not expecting sound, it. Yeah, it sounds beautiful. I would love, like, Joanna Gaines to come in and, like, let me know. But um, other than that, yes. I feel like it's a really silly expectation. Well, I just think that, like, if the enemy can stop us from stepping out at all because we're just, we're like, well, it's not going to be perfect or... We think that, I think we think that people who become experts or what we would think perfect in an area, we look at them on Instagram or right. on TV and we think that they just like woke up that way. Totally. Right? Like we're like, oh, well they're like, I'm never going to be that person. They're just perfect. But we don't know like the work, the grind, the hustle right. that went into getting to them where they are. And we might not even want that life if we had it. Most right. of the time we wouldn't. Right. Because God, you know, made us unique and like that's, they're perfect. That's exactly. The, and, and the question is like kind of I love what you said at the beginning Amanda like do we even want that like is that even something that we desire to obtain 
Or are we just doing it because our society tells us to? Right. Is that kind of what we think is going to make us feel good about ourselves? Exactly. Which brings me to when we were talking about doing this episode of Perfection, I was like, I wonder, I'm actually going to look up the word perfect because I wonder what even like Webster says about this word because I'm a little bit flabbergasted by (laughs) it. So I looked up the word perfect and this is what Webster has to say. Having all the required or desirable elements, qualities, or characteristics, as good as it is to possibly be, she strove to be the perfect wife. I love that that's the quote. And that's that the they quote. Use. So I want to be like, I'm sorry. She strove to be the perfect wife. I have wife. never been the perfect wife. Why does it say he strove to be the perfect husband? Okay. I'm, <laughs> that's we're not a better question. Go okay. But, okay. <laughs> but honestly, like having, okay, having all the required or desirable elements qualities or characteristics as good as it is possible to be. I feel like I read that and that stresses me out. It just reading it. Percent like as good as out. it can possibly be. Have you I can't even think of a day in the past that's been like in my mind as good as it could possibly be. No. Like maybe like my wedding day. Right. The day I get birth. I had a wedding planner doing all the things right. so that it was perfect. But right. like I don't have a a day planner following me around like making sure my day is perfect no and do you know what's actually really funny I just had this thought when we were talking about I've never had a day where I thought something was perfect so wedding day that's definitely one of them and I just had this kind of like realization of when I gave birth to my little girl that was the perfect day for me but what's funny is it was far from perfect yeah it went like opposite of what it went opposite of what I planned but as I'm thinking back at it I'm like oh my gosh I loved that day that was literally one of the most perfect days of my life but yet, I was in labor for 24 hours. I ended up having an emergency C-section. Um, she went to the NICU for a little bit. All these things that probably the dictionary would say is not a perfect labor or a perfect yeah. like childbirth story is actually so perfect to me because it's mine. And it's like, it's dear to my it's heart. Story. It makes it perfect for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes when we have this desire of perfection, it's we kind of have to ask ourselves like, what what is that standard that we're setting like who really are we saying is perfect because the thing is is if like we really break it down like if we're like well I don't have the perfect body or I don't have the perfect career I don't have the perfect family well like who are you holding to that standard right and honestly we know like for you and I like being Christians like Mm -hmm. our standard of perfection is Christ right and the craziest part about holding him as our standard is that his word tells us that we are made perfect in our weakness, that we're yeah. made perfect in his image, that like we press on towards perfection, but it's through his his refining work in us. It's not we strive to be perfect, like we we know because that's why he came, because we couldn't be perfect on our own. Like right. we know straight up like we need a savior. Like Absolutely. we need a redeemer. Like that's why we have Jesus. And so for this to have this image of perfection, I think a lot of times these fleeting thoughts come through our mind that person's perfect or even it's just scrolling through your Instagram feed like that's the perfect house that's the perfect outfit whatever it is but we don't really dig to the deeper core of right. like analyzing that little thought okay why do I think that's perfect yes. is that glorifying to God over my life maybe that's glorifying to the Lord over their life but would that, but would that be in my mine? life yeah would that match his up with, call for me exactly and I even thought about so I'm again like I said a creative and so when I think about these kind of overarching just like bigger topics in the world like perfectionism I immediately have to take it to something that I can tangibly relate it to and that I can like see with my own eyes and so I started thinking about on my drive over here I was thinking about you know like I love music I love art and there's things that I love and they seem there's art that I love that seems perfect to me 
But I realized what I love about it and what makes it so beautiful is the imperfections in them. And so I was thinking, you can't really have something like music and you can't really have something like art without there being the little imperfections in them. So like even in like music notes, like something would say to physically rest, right? Like on a music note. And it's like, you wouldn't have the perfect melody or the perfect song if you didn't have those like resting notes. And I feel like it's the same with our lives. And it's like, we wouldn't be this perfect picture and this perfect image that God's created if we didn't allow ourselves the grace to just rest sometimes. I love that. Well, and if you think about it, like God says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, that we are made in his image. He looks at us and he says, perfect. So that's yeah. like the banner over our life. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like if there was a painter that made this beautiful painting, the painting doesn't get to declare if it's beautiful or not. Like the right. painter is the one that made it. He gets to say, this is what it is. And yes. this is what, this and is this why is what it's called. It. This yeah, is this the title. Called, like all these things. Yes. And so often we have this pressure being perfect. I feel like for me, like, I've dealt with this since, I, I mean, before I can remember. Like, my mom's told me stories of, like, when I was a little girl, not wanting to go in a sandbox because it was too messy, not wanting to eat tacos because they would fall apart, and which, I would freak out. Which is so funny because being, like, a mom to a toddler, I, like, that's what toddlers do. They yeah. want to be messy. And so... Which is so... Yeah. My mom was like, what is wrong with my daughter? <laughs> is my daughter okay? Like, but I just... And it's so... It's crazy because, you know, there's a nature versus nurture. Like, I think sometimes parents can put pressure on their kids to be perfect. I feel super blessed. I don't think that my parents... I mean, my parents were not perfect, but... I never felt this pressure from them, even when I've confessed things to them of like walking through seasons where I've, I've really dealt with this performance spirit and this like pressure to be perfect. They like can't fathom it. They're like, Candy, yeah. like we like, I hope you don't feel this pressure from us. And I'm like, no, like I know you love me just as I am. Mm-hmm. But like, since I was a little girl, I just think the enemies lied to me that I need to be perfect mm-hmm. because if I'm perfect, then I can make everyone happy. And yeah. I think it comes from a place of like, I want joy all the time. Like mm-hmm. I just want people to be happy and so like if I know I can't make a situation better I will sometimes shy away from even trying Mm -hmm. and just want someone else to take the lead because Mm -hmm. I'm like I don't want to mess up absolutely I don't want to make it worse I want it to be perfect and I think we've all kind of been there oh totally which I think is a reason that we started this podcast to be honest is because if we were going to wait for the perfect day or the perfect season or just the perfect time in our lives really to start this podcast we would have never begun Um, and I love that we started just whenever we felt it was time and we felt it that we were ready because even though we weren't quote ready we knew that it was time yeah and And I think that's that's the step of obedience and just pressing forward we were kind of uh, looking through scripture today and the Lord brought us to Philippians 3 7 through 12 Amanda do you want to read sure I would love to I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another I will experience the resurrection from the dead. Pressing toward the goal. I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed for me. I love that scripture because the favorite part for me is when it says, for which Christ Jesus first possessed for me. Like, he's the one that 
possesses our perfection. Like right. He's the one that already paid that price for all the ways we don't measure up. And we press on towards the goal, and the goal is him. Right. The goal isn't like my, my own perfection. Perfect. Yeah. I press on towards the goal of looking like Christ. Mm-hmm. And that is so different than what the world tells me my image of perfection is. And I buy into that lie so much. I think, well, and I think that's what's cool about just our friendship and being able to be honest about that is who, what girl is listening to this doesn't struggle oh, yeah. with that or doesn't think that, you know, I'm not as perfect as this girl. I'm not as perfect as that girl. And I'm not, I'm, and I'm comparing my life to her. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I think we're all guilty of doing that. But when we're able to tell ourselves that Christ has already told us that we are perfect and has claimed that perfection over our lives, what else is there? Yeah. It kind of gives us that freedom to just live in under his, just what he's designed for us because what else are we reaching for, honestly? Yeah. And I think there's something to be said about betting, bettering yourself and like, you know, doing things to grow who you are. Right. But I think that there's a difference between that and like having this image that you will never measure up to Mm -hmm. and putting that pressure Mm -hmm. on yourself and so kind of you know the next category or the next lie I feel like that we believe is that I need to maintain the image of perfection and I need to be good enough at something and that becomes my identity so kind of with that like you know if you have something that you are good at I think even from a child so quickly something that's just a talent or a gift that God gave you can try to overcome and take the place of daughter or son of God Mm -hmm. and start to become who you are. So like, oh, you're this person, you're the football player. Oh, you're this person, you're the gymnast. You're the this. Like, you are what you do. And then when you've started to see success in that area, Mm -hmm. you start to want perfection in that area and you want to come across as perfect in that Mm -hmm. area. And that's what becomes your identity. I know for me, like we were talking earlier, you ask people how they're doing and if they don't talk about their heart, if the first thing is like, my job is great, or, um, you know, my husband's doing this and this and this, or my kids, you wouldn't believe, like, that kind of can speak to what maybe you're putting your focus on. And I hate to say that, because I know I do it. Like, I'm so guilty of, yeah, well, this is happening in music, or even saying, I'm doing a podcast, you wanting Mm -hmm. to tell people what I'm doing, but they asked how I was doing. Right. And like, I am not what I do. It's almost like saying, how's your heart? Like yeah. actually, so my husband and I have this thing where we, instead of saying like, how was your day or how was, how are you doing? Whatever. We'll sometimes just look at each other and say, Hey, how's your heart? Because Aww. we want to know the core of what's going on and not just, I mean, I love that he worked hard that day. Like you're saying, Cam, we're not like, there's definitely something to be said about building yourself up and yeah. like working towards goals. Those are awesome. We're definitely not saying we want to like Netflix and chill all day. I mean, I mean, really? <laughs> I, do. I would, I would do that, but not but that society. also probably would not be the best for my family. Nope. <laughs> I don't really want to set that goal for my child. <laughs> um, mommy's just going to watch some gossip girl. Have fun. All day long. Thanks, <laughs> lunch is in the fridge. Um, <laughs> she's two. Go get your lunchable. Go get your lunchable. No, but we just, yeah, we say, how's your heart because it's something that we can really just speak honestly to each other about and I can say hey my heart's honestly not that great today and I need you to keep me in check and pray for me and tell me that these things that I'm telling myself are a lie yeah well and I think that how you know it's a lie is when the people that know you and love you the most like if I were to ask Amanda and we talked about this before if I were to ask you to describe me singer like worship leader writer all of that that would be like at the end of the list like you would say other qualities you love about me and my family would do the same but when I think of myself the thing that I think people want me to be 
is this idea of perfect that I've constructed in my mind that right. no one has put on me. And maybe, again, you might be listening to this and you may be like, actually, you don't know my parents. And that and might be that's true. real. That's real, girl. You might have parents or siblings or friends that do put pressure on you. And if so, I am so sorry. That sounds horrible, honestly. <laughs> Message us and we will yeah, pray we'll for, for you, Because that, yeah. that, it's rough. But I feel like a lot of times it's our own image of perfect and it's Mm -hmm. this own idea of like okay I've I've been good at something and it feels good to succeed in this area so now I need to keep it up and I need to do it better than before and man in a world of likes and Instagram posts like that feels good to be like look at me like I'm doing this and it's great I I heard the other day that just as like humans in our brain like this world of social media if we get even a text message like that little blue dot on our little message thing pops up or the little red heart on our Instagram pops up as like a notification that it's almost like a hit like like psychologically like getting high it's like a hit of uh, yeah of drugs isn't that crazy drugs yeah what that's wow <laughs> no but it's like we I get high it's, like, on my Instagram it's like my version of a rap song so yeah but isn't that crazy yeah that, I so if you that. like your brain it's the same as when you the same way when you look at your phone and you see like a new notification yeah. if someone's like liked your picture or has commented is the same sensation that someone gets when they're getting like a hit on drugs wow. isn't that insane That's, well no wonder like it can be addictive it is yeah so of wow. course we're addicted to this like idea of perfection instagram is the gateway drug <laughs> forget marijuana it's now instagram <laughs> Oh gosh, but really? I'm still on it. See you guys there. Sorry, sorry guys. Still getting um, high on my grams. <laughs> Which actually, okay, so when Cammie was saying that she wouldn't name the things that I do, there was actually one point that I was working this job and I was contemplating whether or not I should quit or whether or not I should keep going. And it was one of those things where I knew it would be good to stay in this job, but I also knew that it would be probably healthier to leave. And it was one of those things where I was just, I needed somebody else's validation to help me take that next step. And so I called Cami and I was like, hey, I'm considering this, but I, you know, I just don't know if it is what's best for me or my family. And I just, I would love for your, your opinion and just your input. And this stuck with me and I still say it all the time in certain situations of life, but she told me, Amanda, the thing is, is that I'm going to love you and be your friend no matter what you do. Like, I would never tell, when I'm describing you to a friend, I would never say, oh, yeah, Amanda works for this person and she is, you know, the CEO and she does their creative direction. She would never just say those things immediately. She would say, Amanda is funny. Yeah, She's I was like, like you're this. a great friend. You're an awesome mom. You're a wonderful wife. You love Jesus. Like, honestly, and that's not me just, like, lifting you up. Like, I don't even think about your job which is so funny number 10 exactly and that's what she told me on the phone was that she said I wouldn't even think about she was like you can stay or you can leave but here's the thing I wouldn't even name that title until like I got to number 15 on the list if I was talking about you and that just like struck a chord with me and I was like oh my gosh yeah like I didn't even think about it that way and when you can really kind of put it under that wing of like thinking it's it changes everything because you're like wow even though I've made this in my mind to be this huge thing that identifies me and that makes me perfect it's actually not at all like the people that truly love you are going to see the qualities of you versus what you're doing and I feel like the people that we look up to that we're like man that is a girl boss like she's crushing it they've all walked through like epic failures Mm -hmm. of I mean you can't get to that level of success without failing and I think that fear of failure you can't allow yourself to fail if you're always trying to be perfect. You have to hold things loosely. 
I know that everything's seasonal. It's exhausting. Like, yeah, right? I'm, I'm like, tired. who is wearing oh me out just talking okay, about it? So, Amanda, I need you to tell, we were talking about trying to measure up to an idea of perfect, and Amanda and I were dying laughing, <laughs> talking about this story that happened recently, I guess two years ago, right? Yeah. Almost. Yeah, two years ago. Yeah, for, it would Yeah, it would be about exactly so two years ago. So, this is Amanda's <laughs> sweet story of so realizing this, she can do everything. This is my story, yeah, of realizing that I am not perfect, nor do I want to be. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Sorry, I, I can't be perfect. Nominated for the next Grammy. Okay, so <laughs> it was like three months after my little girl was born, and prior to giving birth, Cammie and then a few other of our girlfriends were like, hey, let's do this girls' trip at Christmas, like New York. It's amazing at Christmas. Like everyone knows Macy's, everything's yes. up. We were like going to do this basic trip big. So as I'm like still pregnant, I'm like committing and I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, that sounds great. Like, you know, I will be a mom for three months at that point. Like, that is plenty <laughs> of time to be prepared. And I will be ready to get away. Like, this is going to be awesome. I love it. So, we... <laughs> Sorry. I think we just need to keep going. I think we need to. Guys, we're laughing because Sushi, my dog, just... <laughs> sushi is just playing. playing some toys. We love you, Sushi We girl. love you, Sushi. But you need to chill. You need <laughs> you to Netflix chill. and chill right now. Good girl. Um, so... We plan this trip to New York City. We're going. I'm, like, having all my stuff prepped. We're, like, doing this thing big. And we get on the airplane to take off. And I'm getting ready. I had all my essentials, you guys. I, like, packed for a week. Because as a new mom, you know, if you're nursing, you have to take, like, all the breast pump stuff with you. You have to leave, like, half of your supply milk at home. Just all these things. I made a list on the refrigerator of bullet points of her schedule. I was ready. So we get on the plane, we're taking off, and I'm like, great, I've waited a while, it's like time to pump. So I get out my little handy-dandy machine <laughs> to uh, pump, and it breaks within the first uh, three seconds of takeoff. <laughs> so I was like, okay, well, this is real, this is happening, like, don't freak out, it's only like a three-hour flight. And side note, the sad thing was, like, none of the girls who were on this trip, like, none of us were moms. Looking back now... Having more friends than our mothers. Like, if Amanda had suggested this to me now, if you had been like, hey, like, yeah, I'll be three months new mom. I'm like, no problem. I can get it. I'd be like, no. Like, you're not going. But I don't know anything about being a mom. So I'm like, sure, girly. Nor did on. I. Nor did but, I. But, like, we couldn't even help her because none of us knew what the heck even a pump was. I was freaked out by the whole thing. So I'm like, okay, Cammy, here's the thing. My pump is broken. It's not working. She ends up having to take a scarf that I was wearing and hold it up so that I could whip my boob out. <laughs> On the plane. On the plane. And start, fit, they were hurting so bad. This is like, again, TMI, but this is basically basic. So we are here just going to need you. Here we are. Yeah. Um, and so I'm having to manually express my boob to get milk out with just an exposed boob on the airplane. Cammie's holding the scarf up. I'm in so much pain. And sweet friends, even though none of them are moms, they were all so supportive and so kind. I literally could not have done this trip with anybody else, honestly, because they gave me like the most grace in the world. But they're like, here's the thing. When we get there... We'll find, a, we'll find a Target. I don't know if you guys knew this, but Targets don't exist in New York no, City. We're like, oh, yeah, there's going to be a Target every mile. Not in New York City. But there Texas is in Jersey. Girls over here. Yeah, Texas girls used to one on every block. So there's one in Jersey, actually. So my sweet friends, we took an Uber to Jersey, got found this, like, manual pump thing, started using it. It was just a nightmare, you guys. I was like – and so then if you – 
again, I've never been to New York. You can't just, it's kind of hard once you're on one side of the city to get back to your hotel. You kind of have to like plan your days accordingly. And so we'd be out at restaurants or everything. Yeah. And the last thing I wanted to do was make my friends wait on me to go, you know, just get my milk out of my body. <laughs> and you didn't want to carry a pump. Like a I didn't want to carry a pump, pump around New I'm York City. Mama's got a shop, you know what I mean? Got to exactly. save for that. And so... Long story short, I had ended up just going back and forth. The trip was very it was it was a learning ex- experience for sure. I had to rent a refrigerator from the hotel because they didn't have a refrigerator, so I had to rent one to hold my breast milk. I had to spend hundreds of dollars to buy a new one that I was like, "Well, maybe I'll return when I get home because this one's broken." It was just one thing after another and I like broke down in tears a few times I remember and sweet Cammy was like Amanda it's okay like we're gonna do this together I love you this can be great I'm so sorry going through this but we're still having so much fun I promise and just validated me and made me feel so loved but in hindsight the long the the moral of that story is is that I think the reason I said yes to this trip way before I was even there was because in my mind I was saying yes I'll be a mom but I'm still going to be me. I'm still going to yeah. be that person that I was before I had a kid. And I'm still going to be the best girl. And I'm still going to be this, like, best girlfriend. And I'm still going to do all these things that I used to do. So let me just commit to it now so that whenever I get there, it's going to be perfect. And yeah. I'll still be the best version of, like, both of my both. I think of you were, basically. like, not allowing yourself to be in the season you were in. Like, no. you're like, I need to be fully the best mom and the best old Amanda. Right. At the same time, which you had no way of knowing no. it was impossible. No, yeah. And that wasn't what God called you to in that season. Right, right. But I can remember, and again, I had so much fun, but I can remember just in hindsight looking back, I probably wouldn't commit to a trip. <laughs> I would not advise all, any of you new moms out there to commit <laughs> to a cross-country trip three months postpartum. It's just, it was too soon. But again, I was with the best of friends, so it, it ended up being fine. Um, but that was just kind of like a little story of making – myself feel like I needed to live up to this level of perfection and I wanted to be a perfect friend a perfect wife a perfect mom and in that situation I would have done things differently but funny story now Kimmy and I have the bonding experience of pumping my boob on a plane honestly I learned so much about (laughs) breastfeeding that I never really needed to know yet but like I'm thankful I made everyone real aware of motherhood but I was like you are super mom like to all you new moms out there you impressed me so you guys are killing it you're killing it and you don't have to be the perfect old version of you just be you in this moment like messy and all and I think my version of dealing with this looks different I kind of like I said earlier I've always kind of struggled with want to be perfect but I feel like for me that manifested a lot as I started to sing because I love to sing I started getting you know praise for that in high school that was like my thing I was like the girl that sang at all the high school games and then went to college for music and that was just kind of the crowd I surrounded myself with so being a good enough singer and having my identity in that happened really before I fully knew what was even happening um but a couple years, I mean, I have a million probably stories with this, but a couple years ago, I was living in California and we moved out there for my husband's job. Crazy circumstances. It was totally not our plan at all. Within an hour, we find out for his match process, if any of you know how the medical world works, but we find out in an hour that we're moving to LA, which was nothing we'd ever considered. And, you know, it's exciting at first, but then I get there and all of a sudden, my husband's working 120 hour weeks. I know nobody out there. And this independent woman that I want to be, this like driven, success-driven person, 
I'm having all these moments of like, why am I here? Like, I'm really just here for Steven. And like, talk about dying to self. Because for me, like, to be honest, I don't think I held being a wife very highly valued. Like, I didn't think to me that wasn't good enough for me. I felt like I'm, you know, I people might look at me like, well, what is she doing there? And so the one thing that I did still have was I was still touring and doing music stuff. And I was really hustling and trying to make that happen because I think I needed so badly to have a purpose mm-hmm, in that season. Mm-hmm. Like Steven was there and he was literally saving lives and having crazy stories. And to be honest, like most of my days involved sitting at the beach and looking for dolphins and like getting really pumped <laughs> when I saw like a dolphin or a whale. And I'd be like, but there was no one there to share with. Yeah. I'd be like, look, God, there's a whale. And he's like, I know I made it. And I told him to jump for you. And I'm like, thanks, Jesus. But really, oh, yeah, I was I made alone. It. Like I just was lonely and I was, like, living for the times when I would leave L.A. and go to back to Which, for anybody who knows Cami in person, you know that she is an extreme – I don't know if any of you guys have taken the uh, Myers-Briggs, I think that's what it's called, <laughs> yeah, test. And you can rank on, like, your extrovertedness or introvertedness, like, j- different percentages. And I have never in my <laughs> life seen somebody's results say – 100% extroverted. 100. I mean, I'm an extrovert, but mine was like 80-20. Like, I need that good 20% sometimes of aloneness. And yep. Cammy just doesn't. So no, like, I really <laughs> would be – like, I love crowds. Like, lines do not stress me out. Traffic even no. makes me kind of pumped. Yeah, like, I yeah. That's no, so literally. weird, but yes. seriously. And when she's around, she – yeah, just being around other people is something that is just so her. And so for being in a season where literally you didn't know anybody was – an extreme opposite oh, of what completely. she came from. Well, and I think I didn't know, but my identity, I got so much of it from the praise of people. And so when you're by yourself, no one's praising you. Like, <laughs> no one's being like, Kimmy, you're great, you're awesome. Like, that my image of perfect was shattered because I had no, like, footing to hang it on. And I really, and God in his kindness, used that year in California to reveal a lot of, like, idols in my life and just places I had put a foundation that was not in him but I all this to say I you know moved in in June and I didn't purposely get a job because I knew in the fall I was going to be going on this big tour um that was good I was me leading worship and it was like a two-month tour and I was so excited and it was a really big deal and the night before you know I'm gonna go I'd packed all my stuff for eight weeks I'd cried saying goodbye to Steven because I'm thinking I'm not going to see him for two months and I had been praying like faithfully for the girls that I was going to get to like minister to on this tour. And in my mind, this was like dream come true. And honestly, up until that point in LA, when people asked me what I did, I would be like, well, nothing right now, but like I'm about to go on tour. Yeah. So like I'm just chilling now because I'm going on tour. Like that was my hanging my hat on like, don't worry, like I'm still perfect in this area. Like mm-hmm. everything else is falling apart, but I've still got this. Mm-hmm. And the night before I'm like ready to go get there to the airport the next day. Well, actually, no, I'm driving to the airport, and I get a call from my manager, and he tells me that our tour was canceled. Literally on the drive to the airport. The drive to the airport. I never even read. We were talking about this story today, yeah. and I was like, wait, it was on the drive oh, yeah. to the airport? I thought it was like a day before. Well, I booked my ticket a couple of days earlier than I needed to be there, so he even was like, I hope this like you know doesn't put you in a bind, and I was like, like, meaning... My bags are packed and I'm in the car. Like, that. Like, meaning I've literally planned my entire life Like, I must have looked this. like someone had died because Steven was, like, like his – he was, like, are you okay? And I was, like, just, like, shaking my hand, like, stop. Like, let me just Don't process. Don't even talk to me. But, yeah, I mean, I was 
I was shook. Like, yeah. literally, I was like, wait. Like, I mean, I couldn't even process. And so I was in a duo with my best friend, Natalie. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey, girly. Shout Love out. Love her so much. But I really, like, I think I just needed to get to Nashville to process with her. Because in my mind, like, I couldn't stay in LA at that point. Like, I I just, like, I need to go. Like, I, I need to just process what's happening. So we're, like, Stephen's like, you still want to go to Nashville? And I'm like, yeah, I don't think I'll stay, obviously, eight weeks anymore. But, like... I need to go. And so we're in line to go through security and I'm just, I'm fuming. I'm going back and forth between like tears and just like asking God why and, you know, embarrassed because I had promoted this tour and had been so pumped about it. And just like really like, God, this, everything just feels like it's falling apart. And we're in line and this lady, Steven's in his scrubs because he'd probably just been working like 15 mm-hmm. hours or something crazy. And this lady in front of us, turns around and she's like, oh, are you a doctor? And they start talking about medical stuff. And she's just like, you know, I'm listening to Steven talk about his job and be so passionate about what he's doing and his career and all these things. And she, they're connecting over the fact that like he's doing something great and she's in that field as well. And finally she acknowledges me after probably like 15 minutes. I think part of me also was like, are you like hitting on my husband right now? Yeah. You're like, excuse me. I was like, this is not cool. And I'm like, I love strangers. Like I, you really do. I love meeting people. Small talk is like my jam. Like I enjoy it normally, but I was just not in the mood. And she (laughs) finally goes, so what do you do? And dead serious, like look her in the eye and I just go, nothing, (laughs) (laughs) nothing. And I didn't even like follow it up to like kind of seal up the awkwardness and make it like, I just let the silence hang. Like I just said nothing, looked her in the eyes and just waited for her to, and Which she I goes, in her oh, I don't even, I honestly, I think I blacked out. She probably was so, like, she was so awkward at that point. She probably had no idea what oh, to tell you. And I could just feel Steven, like, his shock. Being like, are you kidding Because he's like, what? And, I mean, I had been a drama queen for the 30-minute <laughs> drive there. But, like, so this then she level. kind of just, like, turns around. I mean, I'm sure she's like, cool, bye. Like, get me away from this couple. But Steven turns to me and he's like, did you just say nothing? And I was like, yeah. Like, I don't do anything. I was like, I'm a wife. Like, that's what I do. I don't do anything. And honestly, in that moment, like, I felt like I had no purpose. Like, that sounds so pathetic, but I was like, what am I doing? Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do in this Well, this thing that you had been, like, relying on, honestly, had just fallen apart. Had completely fallen apart. And I think in my mind, my image of perfect was being successful and chasing my dream. And Mm -hmm. I felt like Mm -hmm. God was – I even know looking back now, God was reworking my dream and I – he he was just doing a lot of things in that season, but I was holding on so tight. And I like my idea was per- a perfect was I'm a singer, I'm a performer, mm-hmm. I'm not just a wife that is here for, with, is my here with my husband. Yeah, yeah. And the irony of it is, I go around leading worship at churches, which is the bride of Christ, and mm-hmm. I love the, the local church and I build up His bride. And here I am having no value for being a bride at all. And that is actually, I remember, I don't even know if you remember this, but she had come home to visit shortly after this happened. And I remember you said, it's so crazy because I feel like what God was teaching me was, Cammie, how do you, as a worship leader and as someone who is involved in the church, like, how do you expect to be the bride of the church when you're not even being the bride to your own husband? Yeah. Do you remember telling me that? Oh yeah. Cause yeah. I was like, I mean, sometimes the Lord says things in kindness and sometimes mm-hmm. he like really says it and you're like whoa but he so clearly just was showing me I had no value for being a bride Mm -hmm. and so how was I gonna value being the bride of Christ like what is that what does that mean and like really I my whole identity was wrapped in what I did 
and not who I was. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to say my whole identity, like, but just for that season, I mean, that was definitely something. We've all been there for Yeah, we've seasons. all been there. He's yeah. working it through. But so for me, like, I am daily trying to break down what it means to be perfect in God's eyes. And I think something that we talked about earlier, Amanda, was like, the times when I know God is so pleased with me and he's so close are so often the things in the secret place. Like, mm-hmm. the hidden things that, the things no, that one no one seen. is going to yeah. see. Yeah. And often those are the most beautiful ones, too, honestly. And that that kind of reminds me of, we were just talking about um, kind of bullet points to, like, hit home on with this. And we, we kind of were talking about how you can faithfully use what God has given you, even if you don't like the package that it's come in. Mm. And this was one of those cases, I would say, where you're in a different city, like you're in a new, just everything's new, new environment, like new people, new job, new everything. And even though you didn't like love the package that it was coming in, like you were still being used in ways that you didn't know, like your husband who was working literally 200 hours a week, I would say, (laughs) needed you. And that is a way that God was using you. And even though that's not something you could have you can see on Instagram or that you can like publicly post about like, Hey, guess what guys? I've done this again for my husband today. Like I've cooked dinner and I was joyful when he walked through the door. It's like seeing people die. Exactly. Yes. After seeing people, you know, people in the medical field, I do not know how you guys do it. We have several friends in that field and I am just so impressed, so impressed with you and shout out to you because you guys are angels on earth. Um, but yeah, God was using you in huge ways and you just weren't loving the package that it was coming well, in. Well, and even, and I think, so when the tour got canceled, I ended up coming back to L.A. and looking for a job. And I found this nanny job for these two precious yes. girls that I absolutely fell in love with and just got to, like, really teach them about the Lord and just be there for them in their life, which led me to a job as a youth pastor at their church. And it was just really cool because it's like, you know, I, here I was saying I wanted to, you know, touch all these lives of these girls, but God had specific girls he had yeah he's a god that you know leaves the 99 to go after the one and mm-hmm. he that whole year i feel like he was showing me it's not about the platform it's not about the audience it's about the one yeah. so often and i think in the heart yeah in the heart and like that he when i love someone with perfect love that casts out fear like that is so pleasing to him and that's him being perfected in, mm-hmm. in me and it takes me laying down my own pride mm-hmm. and my own mess mm-hmm. And really, that scripture of, like, we keep going back to it, but, like, his power being perfect in my weakness. Like, mm-hmm. I was in – every day, I'm in a weak moment, and mm-hmm. I get to choose, okay, God, how can your power be perfect? Not can how can my best be perfect, because mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. never going to be enough. No. But your power. Exactly. And when you were saying that that's never going to be enough, that brings me back to – I don't know if we've shared this verse yet or not, but, um, yeah, the one we shared, Philippians 3, yeah. 7 through 12, that we read earlier – Um, When I was kind of digging deep into that of just wanting to know even more about it, um, I came to this conclusion where it says, Christ's perfecting in me fuels me much more than my perfection in myself. It fuels my faith and it provides contentment. And honestly, guys, I don't know about you, but I want contentment way more than I want perfection. Yeah, that's so true. And so anything that's going to provide contentment, I am game. Like, you sign me up. I will be there. And I just, I love that because anything... That we're going through or walking through that is producing contentment. I mean, I just don't know how it gets any better than that. I think that's the one thing that people probably want but never really talk about. Yeah. Like, I think we're so used to showing our perfections and showing the highlight reel of our life and showing just what we are really good at. And I don't think that we're ever really gaining contentment in any of that. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think when we invite people in to 
our mess and our lack of perfection, it makes us real mm-hmm. and it makes people want to be more real with us, mm-hmm. which creates genuine relationships. Like yeah. we've gotten so much closer, I feel like as time's gone on because we've just invited each other into our mess mm-hmm. and we've been real with each other, you know? And that's not to say that it always feels a hundred percent natural or that it always feels great <laughs> to like share those moments. But I will say that the reward is so much greater. And it really does. It does provide in contentment, I can say from experience, because there's even been moments where I will call Cami. Specifically, the most recent ones were just being a new mom because everything in your life kind of shifts and it just becomes a different reality, a really good reality, but just different than pre-having kids. And so there was moments like two or three or even six months in where I would just call her and say, I am a complete failure. I'm not doing any of the things I used to could do. Like you want to know what I got done today? I uh, changed clothes twice. And that was about (laughs) as high as my perfection level got, to be honest. And to call someone and just cry about it and just say that this is what I'm doing. didn't feel awesome in the moment, but I went to bed that night knowing like, Hey, you know what? I, am content because I was 100% honest with where I'm at and I feel good about that. I can go to and bed And you're knowing. finding a purpose yeah. in your day over perfection. Like what's your goal? Is your goal to live out the purpose that the Lord has planned for that day or is it to look perfect on your Instagram page? Exactly. And yeah. we're all guilty of that. Oh, for sure. But I think guys, our challenge this week for us, for you, is what if we were people that boasted in our weakness because we know that in our weakness, God is made perfect. He's made strong. And if we were just honest with where we're at, and instead of like hating on ourselves or judging others because we're not perfect, what if we were just like, yep, not great at that area, yeah. but God is perfect. Absolutely. He's great. And like just accepting where you're at. And second challenge, first, boast in your weakness. Two, text somebody and encourage someone today that you feel like needs to be reminded that they're perfect in your eyes for something whether it's obviously no one's perfect perfect but just saying hey like you really excel in this area and I learned from you when Mm -hmm. I watched you do this and try to find something that maybe they don't even know that you've seen Mm -hmm. maybe they don't even know that you've noticed but just challenging you to observe people and to just really speak life over those areas of yeah and I think even loving just loving people giving like Cami said texting someone saying hey, you're really great at this. I think when you give people the freedom of just loving them right where they're at, it does wonders. And I just encourage you to do that this week as well. Like you think about if you're married or you think about like even your parents or sibling, a lot of the time they're going to annoy you or make you mad or do all these things. But giving giving them the freedom to say, hey, I love you just as you are and just where you're at does wonders. Yeah, it's so good. So guys, we hope this encouraged you. Um, I know this is kind of a heavier topic, but you are perfect just as you are. Just as you are right now. We just want to say that to you. And if no one's told you yet today, you are loved, you are chosen, you are valuable, and you are basically basic. You're basically basic. Amanda and Cami out. We're basic and we know you are too. Bye-bye. Basically basic. Two girls, they were waiting in the Starbucks line.